Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <clears throat> Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome to uh, my podcast, Heavenly Places. I am your host, uh, Jameer. <clears throat> and um, along with me is also uh, Dorothy. And, and this evening... I will be coming from uh, Mark chapter 5, uh, the book Mark chapter 5. Actually, it's a, a few other scriptures that I want to use, but it's, it won't be as many scriptures tonight. It will be a, a, a different type of teaching this evening. But uh, let's open up in prayer. Um, Father, we thank you for your goodness, your grace, and mercy. We thank you for your salvation. I pray for your Holy Spirit to cover this nation, Father Lord, with everything that's going on from the fires to the West Coast, Father Lord, to the hurricanes and flooding, Father Lord, and the East Coast, and everything that's going on in between, Father Lord, with just the violence and the killing, Father Lord. Protect your people, Father Lord, the ones who are called by your name, and Protect your people's people, Father Lord, the ones who we're praying for to be saved, Father Lord, and come into your kingdom, Father. And um, we just pray for a great revival to happen in the land, Father Lord, and that we will be saved from our own destruction, our own country's destruction and destruction in our neighborhoods and destruction in our government, um, wherever the enemy is trying to destroy Father, I pray that you will bring peace, salvation, and deliverance. In the uh, mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And yeah, this this evening and before I actually um, would, had had called in, I was watching the news, and they talked about all the uh, the mass shootings that has been going on. Um, of course, it's been going on for many years now, but they said it was a quite a few of them in the last couple of days. There was one today, or maybe a couple of them today. Then this beginning to become where there's so many of them. It's like you don't remember when the last one happens, almost, or they kind of blend in together. So we need to keep on praying for those things and praying for our nation. Um, so um, this evening we'll be coming from Mark chapter five. That is Mark chapter 5, and um, actually before I go to that scripture, I want us to, to kind of uh, think about ask you a question. Uh, most of us, you know, we've been to a a, uh, a cemetery or graveyard. You know, I actually was there a couple of weeks ago, and um, it wasn't really a place that I wanted to be, and I'm sure most of the time we go there, it's not a place that uh, we want to be, you know, because you're kind of looking around and it, at everything that's going on in there, which is really nothing is going on in there, but it, everything there seems it seems so final. You know, I was looking around and you see the headstones and the tombs, and then you just think about all the people that are there and the bodies that are 
basically six feet in the ground below you, you know. And in a sense, you know, you kind of, you're walking on death, you know. But when I was there, sometimes you can almost, it almost feels like that uh, death is, it's kind of reaching out towards you and trying to trying to grab you, you know. Um, and that's just like being spending a brief time in a graveyard. I was at a uh, um, burial for my uncle, you know. And those are just some of the kind of things I feel. I'm not sure if you you feel those things when you're in a uh, graveyard. But tonight I want to talk tell you a story about a man who. Um, he didn't just visit a graveyard, but uh, he lived there. <laughs> he lived there amongst the tombs and amongst all everything that was dead there. And an interesting thing about this man is that the people in the same town as him, they placed him in a graveyard. And maybe these people, maybe they were his friends, and maybe they were his family or his neighbors, but... Uh, Placing this man in a graveyard, it was their way to solve this problem that they had. It was their prescription, their remedy, or their band-aid for this particular situation. And in addition to placing them in a graveyard, they actually locked them with chains to prevent him from leaving the graveyard. <laughs> so they wanted him to stay in there and not leave, you know, um, I'm not saying that these people who are bad, who who are placed them in a graveyard, maybe this is like their last hope, their last thing that they can do, you know. But um, placing them in a graveyard and placing them in chains in a graveyard, that actually didn't work because this man, guess what? He could leave whenever he wanted to because uh, no one or no thing was uh, strong enough to subdue him. So nothing, nothing could prevent him from doing what he wanted to do. Um and with that, I want to ask you a, a question for yourself, you know, because I, I want you to, to see yourself kind of as this man, you know, or maybe you're in a situation when you feel like that, you know. Um, maybe uh, you are the man that feel like that you're bound in chains, you know. <laughs> you know, you, you, you feel bound in some type of situation, some type of circumstance, some some type of issue in life, whether it be relationships, some type of health issue, financial issue, something that has you bound, not in a literal graveyard, but it might as, might as well be a literal graveyard where you're bound, feel like you're bound by your circumstances. Or, or maybe you're not the one bound in chains. Maybe you're the one who, who is bound in someone else. Maybe you're putting someone else, you're handcuffing someone else and placing them in a graveyard in a situation because you don't know what to do. <clears throat> or uh, maybe you're both of them, you know. You, you're you the one who can handcuff your own self and place yourself in that situation or in that circumstance. And um, as a way to help yourself, or it was a way that you seem to help yourself, but it's, it's really not helping you get out that situation or circumstance, you know. Um, so as I go through the teaching, I want you to think about, are you, are you the man that's bound in chains? Or are you the one that's bound on, or maybe you're both of them, 
you know. Sometimes we may have a situation where, <laughs> where it is ourselves who bound ourselves, you know. But uh, and getting back to this man, this man, you know, in this cemetery, he would uh, cry, cut himself with stones. Um, one thing that I found interesting is uh, this man crying and cutting himself with stones. He's cutting himself with stones. Um, there's a thing that, that's been going on for some years now um, where people are uh, cutting themselves. You know, they're cutting themselves like, like younger people, even older people, they're cutting themselves. And this this phenomenon is nothing new. It's something that the enemy has been doing and is actually recording it, recorded in Scripture. But one thing particular about this man is uh, he's cutting himself and it's like, man, he... He could have killed himself. I'm thinking, man, he could have killed himself. And as I begin to examine it, it wasn't like actually really him. There was cutting in himself. It was whatever was controlling him, the darkness, the, the demons, you know, the fallen angels, you know. They actually, they actually could have killed him by cutting himself with stones. You know, they could have cut his wrist and the arteries and all this because their neck or whatever. But guess what? They preferred to torment him because he was being tormented. <laughs> they preferred like to torment him and prolong the agony instead of just getting him out of his misery. Then you know, and I find sometimes uh, that's what happens to people in their lives. You know, we um going through situations and circumstances, and we have the enemy that's tormenting us in our own personal graveyard. You know. And it's like they're kicking us, they're beating us, the bills, the pain, the relationship, the disappointment, the regret, all these type of issues. And it's like you can feel it, you you know, all day long, you know. You try to go to work and block out the torment, but guess what? The torment bounds you there. Some people, they try to go to sleep at night, and they still in their bedrooms. They're tormented. And I have found even some people, they go to church service for relief. Well, guess what? The demons don't stop there. They will follow you to church. And sometimes they won't go into church. They wait outside the church, especially if it's a a very um, powerful, anointed um, Holy Spirit flowing with the power of our Father in heaven is flowing. They might not actually want to go in there, but they might wait until you come outside, you know. So that gives us to the scripture, uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 1, that I want to read. Actually, it's almost everything I said. And it says, then they came to the other side of the sea. This is verse 1, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. It says, they came to the other side of the sea and to the country of the Jurassians. I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. And when he got out the boat, that's talking about when he was talking about Jesus. When Jesus got out the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him, and he had his dwelling amongst the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with chains, because he had been often bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him No one No one in the town was strong enough to subdue him To control him To deliver him or to help him 
no one in the whole town. It's like, you know, sometimes you're you're in your own town, you know, and you feel like there's no one in the whole town can, that can help me. None of the local pastors or ministers can help me. No doctors or lawyers can help me. And some of them may be actually really trying to help you, but they can't, you know. <laughs> and some of us, we've probably reached a point in our lives when not just the local people, but not even the international or national people, like the the people like, oh, man, that person is so anointed and powerful. They, they, they can help me or this latest scientific invention or this medical thing. Maybe this can help me. But then we find out that those things can't help us either. They can't help us get out of our graveyard or tomb because none of them are strong enough, you know, to get us out. <laughs> Our shackles, you know. And a lot of times, a lot of people, this is when they call, they go into depression, you know, when it feels like you don't have no hope. Um, people get, well, I mean, for very few people, they don't want to give up, but guess what? They usually just give up and they surrender to the circumstances. And I believe that's kind of what happened to this man. As we read on verse 5, it says, And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. Now, you may not be cutting yourself physically, but possibly you are, but maybe we sometimes we cut ourselves mentally and spiritually, you know, and that's just as bad as doing it physically, you know. Um, tormented, I mean, cutting cut ourselves, you know, tormented, you know. And uh, day and night, you know, we in our own tomb and when no one else is around, you know, when the church service has ended and we're beating ourselves up, you know, and we're crying, you know, and basically like we're crying with tears invisible to the world because no one else can relate to it or maybe they can see the tears but we might as well be invisible to them because there's nothing that they can do about it you know um, but uh, there is hope if you're in that type of situation or circumstance and that's that's what this uh, teaching is about tonight as we continue to go through the scripture or passages um We'll go to uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 6. Mark chapter 5, verse 6. Uh, it says, Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him. And shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do we have with each other, Jesus? Said the most, God, most high God, I implore you by God, do not torment me. This is these verses, verses 6 and 7, is very interesting. Because here we have a man who is no longer in control of his life, but he's controlled by the darkness, the grave, and the death. But yet, this man, he, he runs to Jesus. And then they bow down before him in the very presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And notice I said that he ran to him and they bowed down before him because we have a whole lot of things going on in here. Um, the demons... 
these demons, these un- unclean spirits, they actually began to worship Jesus. <laughs> and I know you wonder, what, demons worshiping Jesus? Um, well, the first thing they do, these demons, they bow down before him. And the second thing they do is they confess that Jesus is the most high God. That's what happens in uh, verses uh, 6 and 7. Actually, it says that they bow down and they uh, confess that Jesus is the most high. And uh, we know that uh, worship, if you don't know, worship, another word way for worship is reverence or to show respect. So right here we have, in the midst of these demons, reverencing and worshiping Jesus, you know, they're, they're worshiping him, but also the very, very presence of Jesus is tormenting demons, is tormented, tormented. But the thing is tormenting the man, <laughs> you know, Jesus is tormenting that thing. But then we have the actual man who, after running over there, he doesn't even say anything. If you look at reading passages, all the scripture, especially this first part, all the dialogue is between the demons, like the vocal that you're hearing, the voices is between the demons or legion, as, as they call themselves, and Jesus. And the man, he just basically, he only had enough strength just to, just to get over there. Um, and, and sometimes it's like that, you know, we uh, tune into the radio, or we go to a service or a friend's house. Sometimes that's all, all the strength that we have. <laughs> that's all the strength that we have is just to get through those church doors, you know. And we can't say anything because we're so defeated. But we know we have to be somewhere or we tune on a radio station or we turn, turn into like something like the 700 Club on TV or something like that. And we just have a, only enough strength to get there, you know. And we don't have the strength to do anything else. And sometimes, you know what, if if you if that's all you have, that's all you have to hope for, that's, that's all you need because... We see that throughout the scriptures, the one with the issue of blood, and then the the this the, actually the, the centurion who servant who couldn't even get there. You know, sometimes all we need is either us or someone else just to get into the presence of the Father for us. That's why Dorothy is probably always interceding for those who are listening. I am and, and the other people that are on her network. You know, um, as we go. And study this conversation even further. If you're looking at this verse, Mark verses six, seven, and eight, and nine, and all this, looking at the conversation, the man wasn't able to ask for help. Actually, you know what? The demons were the one who were asking for mercy, <laughs> and there he was, the man. He was in the very presence of the God Man who could save him, yet he was silent. You know, not because he didn't want to say anything, but again because he was discouraged and beat down and he was tired you know he was just tired um excuse me I had to twist the page um one thing about the uh, enemy um he doesn't want us into the presence of the father whether it's through our own personal prayer devotion or attending some type of service, or even listening to some type of radio, internet broadcast, he doesn't want us that he and he would do anything to prevent prevent you from connecting with Jesus. You know, um, actually, John seventeen verse twenty one. 
it says Jesus is actually praying the prayers that all of them may be one Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So, the enemy is always trying to do what? He's trying to stop you from connecting to the Most High God, our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven. And uh, he would do it by any means necessary. Um, actually, staying in this Mark chapter 5, actually, let's go back to verse 1. It says, um, Mark chapter 5, verse 1, it says, They came to the other side of the sea and to the country of the Genesarians. Um and it says they came to the other side. Do you remember where they just came from? What is what is this other side they was talking about? Well, let's let's look at it and see what happened earlier that evening. Um, where they came from. Let's go to Mark. Actually, you had to go back a chapter. Mark chapter thirty-five. I mean, not chapter. I'm sorry. Mark chapter verse four. Mark verse four, chapter thirty-five. It says, on that day when evening came, he said to them, let us go over to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him, they, they took him along with them in a boat, just as he was, and the other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were ba- breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling up. Okay, so um, here we are. They are actually on the other side. <laughs> you know, they they're not even where uh, the man was. It was on the other side, and then they're trying to get to where the man was. And then this fierce gale of wind rises up. And actually, that sometimes we have storms. You know, sometimes they're uh, they're natural, but other times they're uh, they are uh, demonic evil storms trying to prevent things from happening. Actually, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2 says, And which you once walked following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience. Um, So that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, where scripture is saying that Satan is a prince of the power of the air. So uh, when Jesus rebuked this wind, this air, it wasn't just, I believe, a normal, regular storm that was scheduled by the weatherman. You know, the weatherman be scheduled on storms. You know, sometimes it is just a natural thing. But the prince of the power of the air caused this storm to happen because he wanted everyone in those boats to die, you know. But not just that, but he wanted to keep death to everyone on the other side. He wanted to keep the man bound in the graveyard as uh, he slowly brought him to death, and uh, he also didn't want anyone else to be one with the Father. <laughs> and so the enemy, he would do anything, even control the weather. And that's just not something he's just doing in the back in the Bible days. Actually, we're still living in the Bible days because the Bible days are not over. Um, we still have revelation to go. So he is still doing that. So sometimes we have things occurring in our life that may on the outside seem natural but it's actually a spiritual thing uh, trying to prevent us you know from being delivered he'll say 
and set free. Now Mark chapter 5, verse 8. Let's go back to the to the chapter. I mean, go back to the chapter before we was in Mark chapter 5, verse 8. For he had been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to them, to him, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he began to implore him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now there was a large herd of swine feeding nearby on the mountains, and the demons implored him, saying, Send us into the swine, so that we may enter them. And Jesus gave them permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank of the sea, and about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. I'm going to skip on down here to verse 18. And as he was getting in the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was imploring him that he might accompany him. And he did not let him, but he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the capitalists the great thing Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. So we have this man who was, who was bound in a graveyard. Now he's proclaiming in the, the, the capitalists what had been done for him. And I'm just thinking, you know, just imagine all the people in his, in his community, his neighborhood who've seen him before, you know. And even more than that, I began to wonder about this this particular man, you know. <laughs> and I wonder, you know, why this man? You know, because sometimes, many times in Scripture, actually, we see, like, the names of different people in Scripture. But this man right here, this man, he he doesn't even have a name. It doesn't even identify what his name is. And I began to wonder as I was studying this, why did the devil and these unclean spirits choose this unknown man? He's like an unknown man, you know. And I began to wonder, like, what makes this unknown man so important? I mean, Scripture doesn't, again, Scripture doesn't even give him a name. And you look at this unknown man who appears to have no significance that uh, those in the community they locked him up and they tried to hide him because they really didn't know or want to deal with him you know and this man is just unknown you know and I began to think that maybe if there's a lot of people just like that who may be listening you know he may feel overlooked forsaken or unknown um Maybe even unknown to the, the very people in your home. You know, you come in there and nobody really knows who you are. They kind of overlook you or they they forsake you. They kind of treat you like the black sheep. Maybe that's how it is at your job. Or maybe that's how it is at your um, church, you know. Um, but get it back to this man, you know. I'm beginning to ask the question, what did these un- evil spirits see in this unknown man, you know? And I and me myself personally, I believe that these things, these evil spirits, seen uh, the same the same thing that uh, and this unknown man that um, Jesus seen 
and it's unknown man. You know, something that this man or the community they couldn't even see, but these evil spirits and Jesus could see something in this man. It is uh, something very special, and it, and actually, within y'all who are listening, um, it's something very special that maybe about yourself that you can't see. The enemy, he can see it, and even your father in heaven, you know, he can see it. But you and those around you, they don't see how blessed you are, how anointed now, especially you are in the, in the eyes of the father, our father in heaven, you know. Um, and that is uh, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. It says, uh, y'all know this scripture. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I'll stop right there. Um because you may feel unknown, you know, but there's someone up high who's higher than the highest, you know, he's greater than the greatest. As the song that says, he's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love, and uh, no one's greater than him, but guess what he said? Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. So guess what? He knew you before you knew you. Um so you may be unknown to the world, unknown to your family, friends, and neighborhood, but our Father in heaven, you know, he knows you, and he wants to make you known. And he says, uh, before you were born, I set you apart, and I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. And we know what a prophet is, someone who says something, they proclaim something, they decree something, you know. <clears throat> that's what that's what a prophet it is. I believe that our Father is calling many unknown people out here there who's listening. He wants them to be prophets to their community, to their nations, to their countries, to their cities, to their towns, to their schools, to their homes. And he wants us to, to decree something, you know. So you may feel like, man, Nobody knows me. I don't have no platform. I don't have no media. I'm unknown. I'm in a graveyard, you know. But uh, within you, you have a, a testimony, you know, that no one really can stop except you. Um, none, of, No demon from hell, you know, whatever evil spirit you might be facing. No prince of the power of the air. No fallen angels, you know. Not even grave or death himself can defeat. Paul said in First Corinthians five fifteen, O death, where's thy sting? O grave, where's your victory? Um, you are appointed just like Jesus was, as it says in Luke chapter four verse eighteen. It says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind and to set the oppressed free. Okay, so tonight is about um, um, becoming free to have victory, you know, to to have a testimony, to, to prophesy, you know, um, to declare victory. I, we're, we're in a dark times as a nation and a dark times as a community. Um, if you're not in a great, like a spiritual graveyard, you may know someone, you may have a friend or a person, family, you know, even someone that you may see on TV that's in a graveyard. Maybe it's because of drugs, you know, <laughs> um, some type of drug that they're on that's making them depressed or um, 
marijuana or whatever whatever the drug is. It, it doesn't even have to be a drug. It could be people actually use television kind of like as with drug with a drug or do, or they'll use social media. Um, it could be be anything, any type of vice, you know, that the enemy uses to like control people to cause people to be defeated, to cause people to succumb to darkness, to cause people to become bound in a graveyard. And um, it's up to us to uh, surrender, surrender to the Lord, and to follow Him, and to follow His Word, and follow His Scripture, and to follow His teachings. You know. Um, as uh, individuals, and I want to give you uh, these other last two scriptures. Um, Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. Um, so we're going to be in death one way or the other, you know. Um, we can die to ourselves, die to the flesh, things of the world, and and live for Christ. Or we can uh, live for the devil and live for the flesh, but those things lead to destruction. There's a way that this is right into man, but it leads into destruction. <laughs> you know, death. Um and we don't want those things, you know. We actually uh, want to go on a road to lead some life. We want to get out the graveyard because uh, there are many, many people. There's an army of, uh, I said, that man in, a, in uh, Mark chapter 5, he was an unknown man. But actually, you also are known. But there are many, many, actually, the Father has an army of unknown people that he's raising up at, at this very, very moment, you know, um, and I'm not just talking about the people you see on television or the, the people who are big time, they say in Christianity, but there's a whole lot of unknown people that the Father's raising up throughout the nations and that they're on YouTube, they're on Blog Talk, they're, they're on um, Vimeo, they're on SoundCloud, they're on Mixler. Um, Dorothy has many, many of them on her, her network that she's doing. And there's some other ones too that uh, the Father's raising and they're not people that you would recognize on television, but they're they're all unknown. And and actually, it's actually a prophecy from Scripture. Under that Scripture, I want to leave you with this Revelation seven verse nine, and it says, "And after this, and this, after this, I look, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation and from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb." Cold and white robes with palm branches in their hands. So look at this. There's people from every nation, not just America, not just Israel, not just Africa, but Europe and Russia, China, Pakistan, Afghanistan, Uzbekistan, Philippines, um, Brazil. There's too many nations in number. <laughs> but there's, there's tribes, all type people. You know, it's not just white people or the black people. No one is left out You know the father He doesn't leave anyone out (laughs) 
he he wants to actually he wants to include 100 percent of the people, but of course 100 percent of the people are going to follow him his ways. But it's our job, you know, in this dark world, in this dark world of grave and darkness, death and destruction, you know, that um we should be alive. We should want to be delivered, reach so that we can be uh delivering and saving other people and um. The way that we come to deliverance and salvation. Sometimes we need help, and that's why we listen to people. <laughs> they can help with friends and family, you know, um, preachers, teachers. Not all of them, you know. There's, there's some false ones out there. A lot of many false ones. But um, the main thing is the the three things I always say: get in the word, read the word for yourself, pray. Um, and worship, worship the Lord. You know, uh, you don't have to have the best voice actually. To worship the Lord. He's just looking at the heart. You know, not the outward thing, not the outward sound. Because I know I can't sing worth the nickel, as I say. You know, I can't sing at all. But when I'm by myself, I sing to the Father. Um, but that that's the last scripture. That Dorothy is there. Um, does she have any comments or wants to add anything? So what we say it. I think that was very good. We do. It, it's like we get stuck in these places in our lives. I mean, there have been times when I've just been plain old stuck, and we need someone to help us get out of there and help us see Jesus more clearly. So definitely, you know, a good teaching. Um. The graveyard, yeah. Yucky place. Yeah. It's it's uh, so so easy to get, get into it. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But it's it's so hard to get out but with the power of uh Jesus and the prayer, you know what it's it's possible, all things is possible. So that's what you came back from your trip with, huh? That struck you that deeply. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I was in that thing, you know, in the graveyard and just thinking about that. You know, so many people, you see so many families that, that don't know Christ and then some of them that do and you just get start to wonder, you know, you don't you don't want them to end up there. <laughs> you don't want them to end up uh not knowing a father who loves him, who died on the cross, who sent his son to die on the cross, you know, you you want them to know. Um, one thing about my uh, uncle, my aunt actually told me that uh, that he gave like his last, his last. He had a, 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 some good weeks before they. I mean, when they knew he was passing, but. He was able to to come to the Lord and, and re, repent and accept accept them and then encourage other people and and um so I'm I'm confident in this that uh I know when it's my turn <laughs> I'm gonna see him you know it's always it's always easier yeah it's always easier to deal with it when when you know they you know they they know the Lord and where they're going. It's, you know, when my mother passed a few several years ago, um, 
father actually told me because she ended up in a bit of a coma beforehand. And he told me first that he was, you know, that she was being ministered to in the spirit. I said, okay, that's good, because my mother was a Catholic, and, and I know she loved the Lord. She just didn't have a lot of knowledge about the, the veracity of some things, you know. And then after she passed, Father told me, well, she is okay. So that mm-hmm. made my grieving process a whole lot easier, although yes. I, I, almost, I almost felt like I couldn't grieve because if father tells you someone's okay then why would you grieve (laughs) so it's a little confusing to work through but i did but that was nice for him to do that for me yeah another one on that that note i've seen some testimonies where you have people who uh say they died and the lord led them to no one was there except the lord and he led them to a repentance prayer you know so sometimes when people die you don't ever know what's happening you might think, oh man, that person definitely they want the <laughs> they want their you know was not was not a left from manner. They definitely didn't go with our, our father. But uh, we see I see those testimony and it, it, it encourages me that uh, that even in our death or in those in between stages when we're leaving this body, it, the father you know he's still ministering, so trying to reach out toward us you know because you hear some people who die and say they went to hell and then they. Repentance, and they called on Jesus, or some people that like that they didn't experience hell, but they just seen the light, and they seen Jesus, and they was able to reach out towards Him, and He called them back into their bodies. I believe sometimes there, then in between that time, maybe something happens where Jesus comes and meets them before they make their final destination, and maybe we will see them in heaven. You know, I don't know, but. Yeah, I think we need to be careful who we assume is going to hell rather than heaven because I think we put Father in a box when we do that. Um, Yes. And his love for us is so humongous. Why wouldn't he reach out to us when we're leaving the body? You know, it's, it's logical for you know, it's a logical extension of his love that he would do that. You know, not the ones that flat out reject him. I mean, there are some people who just flat out reject him all the time. So, but there are those who are on the fence. What is that? The Valley of Decision, the Valley of Jehoshaphat, that, you know, can be reached, not by us, but by him. So, I know a lot of Christians have a, a tendency to decide who's going to heaven and hell, and I, I just like to tell you, yeah. that's above our pay grade. It really is. It's above our pay grade, so don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is so true, yeah. Just trust Father. He's going to get all that he can get. Yeah, I often get confused with how how much people want to go to the graveyard to see their loved ones all the time that have passed on. It's like, but they're not there. So why are you going to where they're buried? You know, I don't get that one. But that's me. I'm strange. I accept that. Um, Because, you know, you see, see, some people are 
trying to make it, um, they're going and laying on graves, I hear, to try and get other yeah. people's mantle. This is crazy. This is crazy, you know. Yeah. They're not there. They're not there. Yeah. <laughs> no, they might get I mean, something else put... is there that you don't want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But I do believe in the funeral and you're paying respects because that's, that's a whole different thing. But to visit yeah. the grave all the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just me. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, I, I agree. Actually, uh, yeah, this is no whole other topic thing. But I was uh, doing some research on my family. And that family, my uh, grandfather on my mother's side, he died before I was uh, born. Actually, he died at a very young age after, after I can't remember, World War One or one of those ones. World War Two. he was in. Something happened to him. But I just found out recently where his uh, burial site was, and I I never seen him. <laughs> I know he's not there, you know. Um, but I wanted to. I was. I think that was like one of the first times I actually thought, well, I want to go see that. <laughs> but I don't know. So. Well, sometimes like, you like can get some to, good off from something, you know. <laughs> yeah, you can get some some genealogical information off the headstones. That I understand yeah. because they they mm-hmm. write things on there. That yeah. you know, unless you're there, you won't see him. But other than that, no, they're just not there. So. Yeah. Well, I guess I will close this evening in prayer. I'd like to thank everyone again for tuning in and listening. Um, once again, if y'all can be be in prayer throughout the uh, week. Um, and you have another. You have another one tomorrow, right? Isn't the one that's coming on tomorrow? Or no. No. Um, it's an other Friday, so. Okay. I, right. I might be doing. We might be doing an on the table next Tuesday, though. I'm trying to get the work oh, girls okay. together. All right, that'll so. be fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me close in prayer. Um. Father, we thank you for your grace and mercy. We thank you for your salvation, Father. Um, help us to stay in your word, Father Lord. Help us uh, not to turn from you during these uh, these last days, these end times, these evil days, Father. Um, and that we will experience and see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, Father. I lift, I lift up uh, Dorothy and the network and her, her family, those who are with her. Father, Lord, that you would continue to strengthen her and her family, Father. Um, strengthen those who are, who are listening, Father. Lord, strengthen the people throughout the nation, the ones who are in a flooded area, Father, Lord. Help them, help them, their communities, Father, Lord, the people who are trying to help them, protect them, oh, God. Um, I thank you, Father, for just your love and kindness, grace and mercy. Um, anyone who's, who's uh, sick in their body, Father, Lord, we speak healing to their body. The miracle, what happened, oh, Father, Lord, whether it's uh, some type of back pain, something small, a heart problem, Father, Lord, a pinky toe problem, whatever it may be, Father, a mental problem. We speak healing to their body, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, everyone, have a blessed week. We'll see you next week.
several times next week. I know Jameer will be here on Thursday. Yeah. And Wednesday is going to be Pastor James. And Tuesday, hopefully an on-the-table discussion. Um, we'll see. And maybe Friday, um, David, Murray. So next week will be busy. But have a blessed week. Yeah. And you have a blessed evening, Jameer, and thank you so much. Thank you. You too. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.